Hello, and welcome to the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. I am Steph, and I'm the owner and creative director of Vim. Vim's mission is to showcase the enthusiasm and passion of business leaders nationwide. I cannot wait to have you listen to the show and stick around. At the end, we talk a little bit about how you can be my next guest. All right, guys, we are back with another episode of the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. I am going to be completely transparent that today I am not on my A game, but I knew that showing up and having this conversation with my guest today was going to be so energizing and so captivating and awe-inspiring that I rallied, guys. I trust me, I rallied all morning to get to my feeling as good as I could get self (laughs) so that I can have Paul Daniels Jr. on with Peripheral Thinkers. He is owner, CEO, founder, uh, janitor on Tuesdays, all things peripheral thinkers. And I'm so excited to have you on the show and get to learn more. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing great. I thought you were introducing someone else. (laughs) I guess that's me. Great. You're like, oh, is that really me? She's talking about somebody really excited. I want to hear that person speak. (laughs) <laughs> that is you. And and I love the humbleness. Um, but I also love like when r- right off air when I was like, so how do I introduce you? It's a good way. I love that you threw that in because as an entrepreneur myself, business owner myself, we do, we have all these labels and we are literally taking out the trash on whatever days of the week we yeah. need to. And, and I know that the list, listeners will resonate with that too. So Perfect. I appreciate that. My pleasure. My pleasure. Nice. Well, I'm glad you're here. And I know you I know you know a little bit about the show. So this is not going to come to a surprise as a surprise to you, but we are going to dive in with my hard hitting question. Are you ready? Ready. All right. Paul, what is your why? Gosh, I don't know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get you because you've, you know, you've been having one of those days. I so love it. Laughter is great medicine. On my toes. <laughs> yeah. But um, my why started at a young age, but my why is ex- uh, sharing with people the majesty and the awe of the world that is around me because of the way I see the world. Ooh. I see the world with more opportunities than obstacles, more choices than challenges, more paths and problems, more answers than there are questions. And my why is to help 100,000 business owners see that same thing firsthand by December 31st, 2025. Nice. hundred. And so when did this, when did this, why this goal of yours, 100,000 business owners begin? Uh, I started it in October of last year. The, oh. the, that goal, that specific goal. I've been yes. doing this for a while. And I'm not counting anything that happened prior to October 1st of 2022. Nice. Okay, we're starting well, fresh. Yeah, October 22. 3,000 so far. Holy smokes. And you're doing this through speaking. Um, mm-hmm. I know we're going to talk about your book. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about peripheral thinkers in more specificity. But tell me how, like right now, what is that looking like touching those business owners? What's your core? Like, how did you get the 3,000 so quickly? Um, well, doing a few podcasts, I also do some uh, 
some coaching and some masterminds and uh, again, speaking, uh, grabbing keynotes is primarily what I do. Keynotes and then um, sharing things with folks that are online, uh, LinkedIn, I've got a YouTube channel, some other things. I'm yeah. being able to track those, but primarily tracking them in a way that I can also confirm that yes, they are a business owner. Yes, they do understand at least the basics of this. So it's not just the number of um, of images that my my post today got. That, that doesn't right. Yeah. right, right, right. So you want to help business owners specifically help see that there are more opportunities than obstacles, right? That's such a huge. I, I have to. I I know this is this is all about you, Paul, but I'm just like geeking out about how in tune we are with each other today, because I'm going to my podcast or I'm going to my um, social media. Listen to the post that I posted today. Life is all about perception, positive versus negative. Whichever you choose will affect and more likely reflect your outcomes. So when you said, 100%. when you said your why, I'm like, we're on the save wavelength today. We I are. knew I needed to show up today. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I saw that. And I think I even liked it. That's your you're spot on. It's about our perspective and our perceptions. Mm -hmm. And it's that phrase, what um uh whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Uh-huh. Yes. And this is for peripheral thinkers, and we'll talk more about that, you know, when that time comes, but it's it's more than just being a little bit more aware. It's actually taking in the input that we typically pass over as just pedantic. It's it's what we do every day. There are nuggets of wisdom that are there that peripheral thinkers see and take note of where other people just walk by it and never give it a second thought. Mm. Mm, okay, I'm, I'm getting excited to dive into this. Okay, before we do though, sure. I so specifically, right, you're tapping into businesses, and mm -hmm. I want to hear more about that in a second. But before peripheral thinkers and businesses in October of 2022, there, I want to know deeper into the Paul, like what was Paul's why before peripheral thinking? Like, has yeah. it always been to help people see? Right. Like, so I, I jokingly say I'm positive Polly. So I'm always trying to say, oh, there's a positive in something. But I want to know more about where this came from, the depth of this, this why that you have, because that obviously did not just come in October, what, four months ago. Right. So kind of the purpose behind the passion. Yes. Yeah. OK. So growing up, I was labeled slow, stupid, lazy, a daydreamer, an outsider. Uh, and throughout primary school, high school, university, postgraduate stuff, even into my, uh, even in my professional career, I was, those labels continued to follow me, even though I was succeeding. I moved very quickly up corporate ladders. I started my first company at age 25. Um, it was successful. I, I sold it. There, all of these things. And, and at age 39, I had done... I don't know how many I, I had moved 20, I was in my 26th home oh, wow. and I had done, I don't know, a dozen relocations with corporations around the world, getting promoted, et cetera. Uh, $1.3 billion in revenue for companies and clients that I had. 
but I was still getting that offhanded promotion saying, yeah, we love the results, but we just don't get you. Hmm. At age 40, I was diagnosed with dyslexia. Okay. I was diagnosed because our daughter was diagnosed with dyslexia. And oh. I said, oh, you know, this is, these are some of the things. I'm, oh, I get that. Oh, I totally resonate with that. I, and they said, would you like to get diagnosed? I said, well, <laughs> I'm paying for it. Why not? <laughs> so at that point, then I had a language. Now I had, I had a basis upon which I could explain how I came up with these solutions, ideas, proposals, approaches, and so on. Yeah. And, and that was the, the beginning of, of peripheral thinking. Peripheral thinking is, I should back up, that there's a set of super skills that are found in dyslexics. So it's not just a learning difference. About 10 to 15% of the population has dyslexia, but 20 to 30% of entrepreneurs and nearly 40% of self-made millionaires are dyslexic. Really? In fact, NASA actively recruits people with dyslexia. They oh, interesting. About 50% of, of NASA is dyslexic. Hmm. So there's these super skills, and we've cracked the code. But there aren't enough dyslexics in the world to fill the demand for this way of thinking. Gotcha. And that was the light bulb moment when I said, I need to teach neurotypical people how I see the world. I see things most people miss. I make mm -hmm. connections between various forms of information. What I see and I hear uh, always reminds me of something else. And that is how I went from, you know, a Kleenex box to a $200 million opportunity. Thinking about four different things, a Kleenex box, a couple of other things, and went, oh, combine those elements. That's a new approach. Let's try that. Six months later, $200 million. So that's my answer, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So much to unpack there. So to me, <clears throat> before you even knew that you were dyslexic, <laughs> this is the... To me, this is the power of somebody with the optimistic attitude that you clearly have had. And maybe you haven't always had it. Maybe it came out of necessity, right? Absolutely. In order in order to overcome this, this thing that felt weird and strange and off with you for so long. Um, but instead of fixating it as an obstacle that you continue to blame, let's say blame, right? And right. let it let it win. Let it be more strong than you. You were like, well, this is this obstacle is actually just an opportunity as soon as I start to tap deeper into that. Yep. What was one of your earliest memories of and of course, right? You didn't know it was dyslexia right. until until you know later in life. But what was one of your earliest memories that you have where you had an obstacle and you're like, nope, this is not a problem. This is something I can turn into a solution really quick. Or yeah. maybe it wasn't quick, but you were like, I know I can do this. Yeah. Okay. So um, I was five years old. My dad is an architect, was an architect at the time, and he would work nights and weekends. So he would bring a bunch of stuff home with him. And so there were paper, pencil, markers, paints, all kinds of things around our house. But these were work tools, not toys. One night I'm sitting next to him at his drafting table. And he asks if I want to see something groovy. Okay, it's the 60s, so you just kind of got to go with that. Um, <laughs> and I said, yes. So he took out a square piece of white paper and he folded it in half. He opened it back up, put it on his table, and he pointed over the corner and said, pick out some paints. 
which is kind of a big deal because I didn't have the best track record with paints. I probably emptied a tube of paint on my sister <laughs> while she was sleeping. <laughs> so like paints were pretty off limits. So this was yeah, a so special right. treat. So, but he said I had permission. So we grabbed him a couple, I handed a couple uh, tubes of paint to him. And with my hand on top of his, we squeezed a little back of each color down that center crease. So we did it several times. We finished all the paints and it looked like a funky worm or something. I don't know, but he folded it back up and he started to rub it and rub it and rub it. And when he opened it up, Steph, I'm telling you, that worm had transformed into a butterfly. Oh. It was exploding with more colors than I'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, yes, it was like a magic trick. A lot of kids would find groovy, but I was already starting to think, what other things can I rub together to ah. make something new? I live in Southern California. We live kind of in a canyon so near uh, San Diego, La Jolla area. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I could somehow put the pedaling power of my bicycle with my skateboard so I could skateboard uphill. This is before oh. electric skateboards, right? And I'm thinking about all of these different things. And I just knew in my gut, anything is possible. If you just look at it with some awe and wonder and take it in. Those yeah. elements of paint created this magical piece. And to, you know, 50 plus years later, I can still see every inch of that, that butterfly in my head. Yeah. And there's tons of lessons that came from that that informed other things and other things and other things. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful and I and at the time your dad was like, it's just something kind of funky and groovy and yeah. like, but this inspired like everything with your life. Yeah, it's something I I still rely on. There are several lessons from that that I use to inform the decisions that I'm making for my business, for my clients, um, for I sit on the board of advisors for three companies, those companies. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm not the typical board member. I'm the yeah. one that's always asking why and what if. Yes, yes. So so the dyslexia gets diagnosed for both you and your daughter at a certain stage. Right. And you're still, you know, working in other facets, it sounds. Yeah. And then when does peripheral thinkers become, or what comes first? Let's, is it peak, is it this book, the peak performance book, or is it peripheral thinkers? Which comes first yeah. and what does that journey look like? So Peripheral Thinkers came first. Okay. It started around 2007 as a consulting firm. I still, it, it's an advisory firm and it's morphed into um, Peripheral Thinkers. The consulting was focused on typical business consulting, uh, helping organizations align their marketing and sales with um, their operational functions and giving them new insights on how to do that, not just um, theoretically, but practically, as I was doing that, and I'm coaching, and we're our clients are winning more and more business. They continue to say, "But how did you come up with that?" I mean, we see the process, but where did that come in? Like, oh, well, that was just an idea I had, and I threw in. So then it was, "How do I processize this peripheral thinking mm -hmm. into?" courses into uh, what is now uh, a think tank, a collaborative work group okay. of business leaders you know, around the world that contribute to this. Uh, and it was to teach them then, them how to see what I see. So I don't know that it was chicken and egg. Yeah. It was pretty close to the chicken was the consulting firm. The egg became somewhat golden 
as nice. we unpack the uh, the the skills that are found within dyslexic innovators and translate that into something that neurotypical people can learn and apply. So clearly your audience is both neurotypical and dyslexic individuals. Yes, absolutely. So, but who benefits like so from your from peripheral so what is peripheral thinking? Is there this particular pathway that you coach and then everything spirals off of it or is it a, a way of living is it you know how do you kind of in a nutshell describe peripheral thinking sure. if you're not in the program right peripheral thinking is the umbrella under which all the skills reside so peripheral thinking is just a way of thinking using depending on the research that you follow, anywhere from a couple of categories to six or seven categories, 15 to 20-ish skills. And many people have the skills, it's honing them in a different way, perhaps. And even for those that have dyslexia, sadly, many of them have kind of put their hand down. They don't share that they're dyslexic. And the more you don't use the skills that, you know, the creator gave you or whatever you believe in gave you, the, they do lose some of their potency. So I love teaching dyslexic. Okay, hey, do you guys ever see things um, in your mind and can you rotate an object in your mind in three dimensionals and you can see it kind of moving? You go, yeah, okay, great, cool. We're gonna practice some of that so that it, it reignites that interest and you can help other people see three-dimensionally around an issue, around a problem, an object, whatever that is. So uh, peripheral thinking, is a way of thinking. I love the idea of a way of a lifestyle because maybe I could do yeah. the Magnolia thing and I could have cushions and couches and pencils with peripheral <laughs> thinking on it. That's nah, a little too far. It's not going to reach my 100,000, <laughs> but I like the idea. I'm going to put that one down and maybe use it later. Yeah. Well, to me, like, so as someone who doesn't know the peripheral thinkers world, right? Someone who's just getting introduced. My first thought is if I'm thinking of my peripheral vision, as we talked about off air really quickly, you know, those are, and if you're watching this on YouTube, then you're seeing my hands. If you're listening, I'm, I'm kind of pointing to where we see our peripheral vision, right? So think about right. your blind spots in a car, right? You can barely right. see them. You have to fixate on them to see them. Right. And where neurotypical people, and I could be reading, you tell me if I'm, listeners, I'm you're not a professional here. Paul is. <laughs> but my, my consumer brain, starts to think neurotypical are seeing straight ahead. We're seeing the road in front of us, the cars coming at us, the direction we're going. Where peripheral thinkers, in, instead of having to be like, oh, what was that over there? As a neurotypical would have to do, a peripheral thinker is catching those. Correct. Catching and those instead of having to pull away from or only catching those. Tell me. Right, both. So the, oh. the, the mm. conventional, obviously, when you're faced with a, a challenge or obstacle, right, you, you typically focus on that obstacle, that challenge. And you look beyond it, what that goal is that you have set, that the obstacle is keeping you from achieving. You'll reference your past. What, what in the past has worked previously? Yeah. What are my yeah. competitors doing? What input am I getting from the industry? That's, that's a very um, standard, common, conventional approach, right? Yes. Okay. So for peripheral thinkers, they see that and they go, great. That's also conventional. And conventional wisdom and industry best practices are often defined by that industry's leaders. 
and subject matter experts, right? Mm -hmm. Which is great because that sets the boundary. That sets a nice platform for us to move forward. However, if that conventional wisdom industry best practice is defined by those people and they don't have a really broad set of experiences, it can then be from a narrow perspective. Mm -hmm. And if you follow that conventional wisdom, everyone else is following it, then where's your differentiation? Yes. Right? Peripheral thinkers see the road ahead. That's easy. And yes, we see the periphery, but we also go into the periphery. So mm -hmm. we're a neurotypical person driving the car, is your example, looks at something. It's now clear because they're looking at it. Yes. The peripheral thinker sees that and wonders, what's beyond that? Mm. What are the lessons four lanes over in your example? And specifically, what experiences do the people in the cars four lanes over have that may be valuable to me? They're maybe exiting. They're going somewhere I'm not going. Yeah. Okay. Where are they going? And why are they going there? What's the purpose? What is driving them? Ooh, that's an interesting approach. I'm going to take that, break that down into principles, ideas, lessons, solutions. And I add it to what I call my peripheral resource library. And then I take my library of information that I've captured and I start to apply it in different ways. So an exit for, for a freeway is like, I'm going somewhere else. Mm -hmm. the well, they're headed in a different direction. Am I addressing my clients in a way that they know I can help them head in a different direction instead of being stuck in this bumper to bumper traffic? Yes. Teaching principle. So I'm, of course, I'm making this stuff up on right. the fly, but yeah. that is peripheral thinking when you go into the periphery and you expand your awareness while in the periphery you gain insights when you combine those insights in new ways that's one of the skills called interpreting yeah. interpreting takes different things and assigns values to them and then applies them in unique ways to make a butterfly so with somebody who is listening to this and is like okay this is all super intriguing how would they be able to self-recognize if they, A, are driving straight ahead, B, if they're acknowledging the peripherals, but just only acknowledging them, or C, if if they're like, okay, wait, he's talking about the thing I do that others think is annoying or weird. Like, how how do you You just did. Help? <laughs> you, you tried it perfectly. I, don't, I can't do it better. That's exactly right. If if all of those things, if, if you resonate with one of those three examples, yeah, then you kind of see where you are on that continuum. If you're staying in your lane, that's great. And, and, and the world isn't doesn't need to be everyone having peripheral thinking, but being aware of what it is mm -hmm. and how it may help you, yeah, or may help your company, or being able to identify those peripheral thinkers in your in your organization and identify the dyslexics in your organization, getting everyone then talking about that, the, the dramatic change and the speed with which that change happens is um, getting goosebumps thinking about all the clients that I've seen the light bulb go on and yeah. then just go from 200 to 1.2, you know, going from starting to a million in yeah. annual revenue in six months. Right. Just, uh, it's it's wonderful and it brings out the best in everyone. I think too, one thing that 
Um, well, cause you know, we're very uh, connected on LinkedIn and I have a really great connection on LinkedIn, actually several who um, really focus on um, exclusion and uh, diversity and uh, disabilities mm -hmm. and really making sure that those individuals um, are seen as the, that the strengths in them are seen versus hidden by their disability. And so to me, when I think about somebody who might be dyslexic or who has peripheral thinking, whether this is a new term from them and they've never been able to put that label to it. But if they're thinking, wow, that's kind of me, they probably in the past or even currently are th told that that's just not right. That's weird. That's wrong. That's not how the world thinks. That's not how we do it. It's not how we do it, right? Yes, that's not normal. And so I also love that you are normalizing that it doesn't always have to be this one way that we think. Right. But if if it was the one way, then then there wouldn't be Einstein, right? Da Vinci, the Wright brothers, Edison, Agatha Christie, mm. uh, Aaron Brockovich, mm. and Bancroft, the explorer. JFK, uh -huh. Richard Branson, Muhammad Ali. Really? Continue. Yeah, yeah. Are they all all, all dyslexic? All, I was just about to say all dyslexic. Wow. Okay, so I feel like I could talk to you forever. We're gonna probably definitely have to talk to you about returning and diving into some specific topics, expert matter topics. Um, but I love this. I absolutely love Me that. Too. You, I love that you are giving a platform for people who think differently. And I, and I know that sounds so silly to say, but I mean, Apple, Apple is such a beautiful brand. Even Jobs. Who, just yes. Who has done. Oh, really? Yep. I love. Okay. That makes sense. And I'm thinking Apple because they're so good at identifying why they do what they do. And yes. that's why people fall in love with it. That is, it's because it resonates to them in some way. And so what I'm slowly getting myself to, Paul, and everyone knows because I started this episode that I'm a little off today, okay. but what I'm slowly getting here is you work with businesses, you work with entrepreneurs who, to help see that there is a different, unique way to how they are doing things and you help pull that out. You help them see it. Definitely. You help them not just see it, but make it better, make it stronger, make it a strength uh -huh. and pull that out of them. And I love that you do that for businesses. Thank you. And I, I put it into them. Ooh. So those that are willing, yes. pull out the best of them. And then I show them the best of others. Yeah. In a way that they can say, Ooh, I want some of that. Mm -hmm. Not in a comparison way, but that would be really helpful. Great. Yeah. That's how um, a healthcare client of mine in 2010 came up with texting patients while they're in the hospital. Oh. It's because she was on vacation in Hawaii when she received a text from the hotel saying, hey, if I can make your stay exceptional, let me know as a general manager. And she called me on a Sunday night from Hawaii and said, I get it. Finally, I get this peripheral thinking. How come I'm not using this technology in my hospital? Yes. Well, you fast forward to today and you see that kind of electronic communication everywhere, right? Right. Not in 2010. Not in 2010, yeah. No. Now, not just the director of patient engagement for one hospital. She's the chief patient engagement officer for a 20-hospital healthcare system. 
Oh, wow. She started. I love that. I just put into her yeah. the idea of it's always available. Whether you're in Fiji around the corner at Fred's coffee shop, there's a lesson to be learned. Yes. You don't have to be hyper aware. Just take 30 seconds a day and write down, here's what happened. What's one lesson that I learned from that? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to apply to your business at all. In fact, it's best if it has nothing to do with your business. Right. Those, those are the best ideas. For sure. When they're applied to your business, they are uniquely yours and it positions your company ahead of everyone else. I always say that there are opportunities everywhere as long as you're open to seeing them. Right. That's exactly right. So here's my, my statement from my keynote, from everything else. You can access everything you need to achieve anything you want. I know it sounds too good to be true. <laughs> and it totally goes against conventional wisdom. Exactly. Mm. You can access everything you need to achieve anything you can imagine when you know where and how to look. Yep. That's it. It's already there waiting for you. You just need to know how to look and then grab it. Well, I know the listeners are definitely going to walk away from this episode looking at life and business and they're like you said just their daily way of operating throughout the day a little differently. I sure hope you guys are inspired to do that. I want to wrap up by giving the listeners a really good sense of, you know, in a nutshell, what is Peripheral Thinkers? Who is it for? And what's a really great way? Listeners are like, okay, I like this Paul guy. I'm totally thinking about things in a different way now. How do I get started with him? Yeah. So Peripheral Thinkers is the, the company and there are levels uh, of different ways for you to engage. Peripheral Thinkers is, um, platform. It is a way of thinking, lessons to be learned, exercises to try, and also a group of people that have kind of adopted this that join um, an inner circle of peripheral thinkers contributing to a think tank where we exchange ideas and occasionally we'll take on a really huge topic like global warming mm -hmm. and see what our peripheral thinking um, experiences can contribute to that. Wow. The way to engage with me is literally by following me on LinkedIn. Perfect. I often give, you know, uh, tell you how to reach me through the Peripheral Thinkers website. And on the Peripheral Thinkers website, it'll explain a little bit about my speaking and some of the other things. Uh, but you can contact me by just going to the contact tab and putting in your name and contact information. And I will connect with you based on whatever you want to talk about. I don't sell the list or any of that stuff. Of course, Peripheral Thinkers, we have a monthly newsletter. You can sign up for that. It's free. Happy to do that. Um, and there might be something special that we can do for your audience um, with some of the, the context, the content that I have. Um, yeah. You had mentioned, and we're going to put it in the show notes, and you had mentioned that um, we didn't get a chance to talk a bunch about it, but I know behind you. So any of our watchers on YouTube are seeing that peak performance book behind you. Oh, you're, yeah, right. you're a co-author in that. And you had right before we hit record, you had mentioned that if they go to pauldanielsjr.com forward slash contact. And if you guys name drop the passion on purpose leaders on center stage podcast, Paul is saying that he will send a digital copy of his chapter of that book for free. Absolutely. Absolutely free. No strings attached, not selling the list. <laughs> um, so, you know, I know a lot of people feel like they get 
kind of sucked into something. I want you to have it because if you can learn from it, man, yeah. awesome. And then all I ask is if you got something out of it, let me know. Yeah. Maybe I can put another hash mark next to the <laughs> hundred thousand that I'm, I'm three thousand and one. Who's gonna be it? Thousand and two. Yeah, exactly. I I think it's such a generous gift to the listeners oh, that you're that you're willing to do that. I'm excited to get my copy. Like we said off air, I was like, okay, wait, I'm doing this for sure. Cause I'm super intrigued and I really want to learn more. So I just want to make sure in that chapter, do you dive into more of the peripheral thinkers world? It is a, it is a story. Okay. And then there is the moral of the story, which explains the skills that were used, the peripheral thinking skills that were used in that story. That story. Yes. Oh, okay. I love that. It's such a great way. I personally love when authors use a fable to then reiterate their tactics or their strategies or or peripheral thinking in this. So that already geeks me out because I know I'm gonna I'm gonna absorb that and retain that easier. That right. this is through a story. And it's a and it's a a real life story from my life, and I just take you inside my brain as I'm going through this and how we resolve something and, um, and then the skills that apply to that. Nice. Well, Bye. thank you, Paul. I, I really appreciate it. Like, and we oh, went so longer fun. than normal today. So I, that, like I said, I knew today was one of those days that if I showed up, it would all be worth that total energy. I, I just appreciate you coming on today. I, I love the work that you're doing. I've got thank passion you. for your purpose and how you're touching the lives of so many people. And so I'm, I'm honored that you would include me in your show. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, Paul. All right, guys, until next time. Steph here. Thank you so much for listening to the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. If you are a successful business owner and you lead your business with passion, we'd love to feature you on our show. We'd love to share with the world what makes your business great and how you have intentionally led passion throughout your business. Also, if you got any value or little tidbits from this episode, please take a minute to screenshot the episode and share it on your favorite social media platform. Be sure to tag us so we can properly thank you and we love deepening our connection with our listeners. We are regularly putting out new episodes to feature leaders such as yourself who lead with passion on purpose. So be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss any future episodes. For more episodes, guest information, or details on the show, please visit getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. That's getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. Once again, I'm Steph. I am the owner and creative director at Vim. And thank you for listening to the show.